Right, we are back with another episode of the Millennial Entrepreneur Podcast. Having started my own business while studying at university and getting funding from O2, I love following the journeys of other young entrepreneurs. In the conversation today, I spoke to Henry Purchase about his journey into starting his own business, coming from being a semi-pro rugby player, and how he also spent time in Bali running his own business remotely with how others can get involved in this as well. Stay tuned also for me telling a funny story about how another founder I know whose business was recently acquired for millions gained early investment in the most unlikely of places. As always, if you did enjoy this episode, please be sure to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to follow us on our new Instagram page. That's where all the new episode announcements are published and yeah, it'd be really good to get people involved. Right, let's go on with the episode. Hey Henry, how are you? I was saying, uh, yeah, I'm not too bad, thank you, how are you? Yeah, good, thanks, really good to have you on the podcast. Thanks for having me, man, really appreciate it. So how's how's kind of uh, the whole isolation period treating you? T- to be honest, mate, unfortunately, as an engineering student, it's it's not too far from university normally. I'm I'm just knocking away at my dissertation <laughs> and, and coursework and, and exams start and uh, a week tomorrow, so just, just carrying on going. It must be it must be difficult for you know managing your own business as well while this is all kind of going on as well as you know university exams. Yeah, it's 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 been a bit of a challenge, particularly because one of the girls we work with lives in Hong Kong, so she's gone back home, and you got the time difference that, that you have to deal with. Um, so we have to have calls quite early in the morning. But in terms of the rest of the team, they're they're all always available to have a chat with. So yes and no, you know you just deal with it as if you would with anything else we've got zoom which works really well so but you've got you've got like some team in like new york as well don't you so you're going to be up and up in the morning uh and then up late at night as well for the calls in in the us yeah fortunately i don't deal with him too much that's uh my co-founder zach which he knows him from from when he was working in new york so um he's the one that has to deal with those late nights oh okay (laughs) that's lucky for you then so why don't you kind of like explain what connects events actually is before we kind of like keep blabbering on sweet so connects events essentially connects students to industry industry leading conferences and events Uh, so the idea sort of stemmed from about a year ago when my co-founder zach he was on placement at bank of new york in canary wharf and he used his contacts there in order to get into essentially a world energy conference tickets were three thousand pounds and he managed to get in for free and he spoke to a fellow student at university at bath and they said how cool it would be for students to be able to get into these conferences because i'm sure you know and all your listeners know people that have got internships and placements through people their family know or they've got really cool stuff on their cv so to yeah, get God, to the, so get many to, so many yeah it's it's crazy so to get to go to something like that where you can add it on your CV, you can meet people from big companies was really invaluable for him. Um, so sort of taking that on, we've now set up a, a platform where students can do exactly what he and I got to do and, and go to some really cool conferences. Oh, that's pretty cool. So a student could, instead of paying full price for these tickets, which can cost like, I saw I saw one of these events, they cost like £3,000. It was crazy. And Instead of that, they can volunteer through your service and they can just go there for free. Yeah, so we have three ticket options. So we have a heavily discounted ticket. We tried to get them sort of 90% off. It depends on the total price. Um, 
And then we have a volunteering ticket where you'll volunteer for half the event and then got, get to go to the other half for free or just a completely free ticket. So it varies depending on what the conference wants to give us. But either way, a student's getting a, a pretty cool deal out the back of it. Oh, cool. So what sort of companies are you working with at the moment? So the ones that we've got on there, we've had, as you mentioned, the one in New York, that was an insure tech one. But then we also had a really cool conference. I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but there was Spotify, SoundCloud, and a number of radio radio companies that were over there based in New York. And then in the UK, we had um, a couple of leadership ones that were really interesting. And then we've actually got at the moment the, the energy conference that Zach got to go to. So that's WECA. Um, it's the largest gathering of oil and gas CEOs in the world. Um, so in terms of companies that they've got going there, Shell, KPMG and Exxon are the main sponsors. So, you know, if you're, say, a mechanical engineering student that wants to go into oil and gas industry, to get a free ticket to go to that, you know, that could really be the difference between your dream job or not in terms of your CV and the contacts yeah, you yeah. Can, that you can make. Also, the, the networking aspect of it, is it is it has it happened before where people go to these events, students go to these events and to get like a internship or a job off the back of it? It's quite rare that they get, you know, one directly off the back of it. But what usually happens is they apply to a company and they'll drop that person an email and say, look, I've applied for a job. And usually it helps when it gets to interview stage because, you, you know, I'm sure a lot of your listeners and yourself have been in interviews where kind of they will always ask you, so why do you want to work here? And I think a, that story can be really authentic. Well, I met, Joe Bloggs from sales. I spoke to him about the unique culture at the company and that's yeah, me here today. It, it sort of gives you that extra edge, I believe. Um, so whilst we haven't had people that have directly got jobs, I certainly believe it's contributed. Where do you kind of see like the future of Connex events? Because like I know I know so well the power of networking and how how I think underrated it is. So for for something like these events where you've got direct exposure to, you know, the CEO of a of an oil company, if you want to work in that sort of space, it could be so powerful for you to, you know, just find out more about the company, but also, you know, see what sort of qualities that they're looking for. And yeah, just kind of making contacts with those sort of people, because I I have so many friends, so many friends that uh i've got internships and grad jobs just from knowing the the right people and although it does seem a bit unfair <laughs> it it is the way the world works so it is very i think it's is something that a lot of people need to realize and it's something that your business tackles very well i think yeah i completely agree and it's quite a common saying it's who you know not what you know and that is unfortunate but i think if you want to get to your long-term goals you have to sort of realize the problems with life um and as you said that there are some people that are getting amazing jobs and opportunities because of who they know and hopefully one positive thing that comes out of the horrible situation we're in with covid at the moment that more people realize that i know people have had internships and sometimes even grad jobs cancelled because of what's happened so the power of building your network and sort of strengthening your roots across different industries is it's really powerful. And we want to kind of capitalize that, not, you know, taking advantage of student of students, yeah. but actually providing them with help and providing them with opportunities with, with them 
opportunities off the back of it. Um, so, you know, that's a long-term aspiration and how we're going to achieve that in the short term is we're creating a network of student ambassadors and we're focusing them primarily in London because that's where most of our events are. Um, that doesn't mean that it's just going to be London. You know, we can still send a University of Bristol Bath student to the event, but in terms of building a network of students closest to where our events are, that's sort of our short-term aspiration. Um, and then sort of building up the community side of the website that we've got. We don't just want people to go to an event and then some add it on the CV and, and not make anything of it. We want to really support them and provide them with mentoring and learning opportunities off the back of it. So that's what we're doing for our blog and we're encouraging students to do a Q, you know, Q&As on the site and that sort of thing. So that's sort of what we're focusing on in the short term. And then the long term, when things come back to normal after Corona and hopefully the events are starting to be um, in person rather than online, then we can push that side even more. Yeah, definitely. I, I actually remembered quite a funny story of like how powerful networking is. I actually know um, a CEO of a company that I used to, I, I worked for as a like a work experience when I was like 16. And they actually found... Um, like investment for their company so their company was like a few days away from being like just yeah uh, running out of money basically running out of the of runway they had to let you know some like 20 employees go uh they couldn't find any more investment and they actually found investment with with like a co-member of a gym so it goes for like the, the co-founder would go to a gym and one of the people he bumped into in changing rooms uh, actually offered him investment on the spot right really? right there in the changing rooms and he makes a joke about it he's like yeah we're in the showers together fully naked and he just offered us 50 grand oh. <laughs> so yeah this whole the whole networking thing it's so powerful because people do just give jobs to people that they trust and if they they're more likely to trust you if they know you and they're more like yeah they'll know you if you go to these sort of events yeah I mean I've got a similar story it wasn't off the back of an event but I met someone that got an investment banking and internship in New York so he's from the UK and that was from caddying someone um so it, it happens all the time where people can get these opportunities and get into companies almost through the the back door um and this is sort of what we're hoping to provide um, alongside the the learning because, you know, as you said, you could be at a talk from a CEO at a really huge company, make a contact there, but then also have that extra thing. You could go to a finance conference and there could be a really cool talk, talk about an emerging market. You can meet someone from Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan, and that almost gives you that extra ammo for when you're, writing your CV from when you're going into the interview at these really big companies where, as we know, the, the competition is already so high as it is. And your, your story is kind of interesting because you do, you study engineering at university and it's kind of, I mean, we've had, we've had engineers on the, on the podcast before. So how, how that kind of like journey begin from, you know, studying at university and then wanting to do this? Well, I think I've always had sort of an entrepreneurial instinct. One of my earliest memories was, uh, me and my older brother, we were following my my mum and dad around Ikea. I think we must have been about 10 years old. And we were drawing on the back of a napkin this really cool invention where it was, it's basically a drinks machine. You know, we thought, we thought it was really unique, but 
that was we were drawing a business plan and sort of coming up with all of these ideas so that's sort of my earliest memory of you know that entrepreneurial mindset that was coming through and I tried to sell the idea to my friends and they're having none of it um and then just growing up I guess always like a vending machine idea (laughs) it wasn't even that you know when you go to a cinema and you have the drink dispensers where they just fill up your cup it was one of those where essentially it mixes the drinks together um Similar to like the oh the, yeah 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 the big drinks machines in Five Guys where you can select any drink. Um, so that was sort of my earliest memory. And then growing up, I've always been, I guess, what you class as a hustler. I've always been trying to make money. Um, I got my SIA badge, so I'm licensed to be a bouncer. So did that for a bit of money on the side. I was always looking for an extra opportunity, you know, just <laughs> just something to do. Uh, and then on to my engineering yeah. degree, I sort of picked because love maths and physics at school, you know, that typical route, but also love the problem solving aspect. Um, so civil engineering is all about infrastructure. So it's real world problem solving that affects us on a day by day. So sort of that instinct that came in and has developed across my four year degree, I think applies directly to building a company because I'm always looking for that problem and a solution in order to benefit people. Um, so whilst I don't necessarily have the business background, identifying something that can help people is something that I believe comes quite naturally to me. Um, and sort yeah, of for the, sure. the hard work and determination that comes into being an entrepreneur has sort of been developed through sports that I've played and, and that journey that I've gone through. So it's sort of a combination of things. It's hard to pinpoint to, to one area, but, um, that sort of the what the what sport what sports you talk what what sports? So when I was about four to fourteen to ten years, I did karate, shot a can. Um, so I did that for ten years, and I got my black belt event black belt eventually. And sort of when I got to fourteen, I was getting quite boisterous, and I was one of the biggest in the year. And in the end, I uh, my friends convinced me to play rugby. You know, I couldn't say no, and kind of had relatively early success with that I got to play for Leicester Tigers early on and then went on to Newport Dragons which is academy in Wales and then more recently I played semi-professional rugby last year at sort of league two standard um so they play quite a high level and book super rugby at university which again is is quite a cool level to play but sort of moving out of that now because of a, a number of injury injuries and kind of doesn't really tie into my long-term goals so it makes sense so you have a you're you used to be semi professional rugby player, black belt in karate, and you're also you also have a bouncer license. <laughs> I, t- I do. So it's a bit a bit varied, but I uh, I just love to get stuck in. So answer. yeah, I guess it's very unique. We haven't had someone on the podcast. Um, yeah, not not like that at all. So it's really good to to have someone like that. And I I remember you told me uh, before that you actually spent some time in in Bali. Uh, working on businesses as well how did that whole kind of like opportunity come about uh, so I, I guess the start off of that was I completed an industrial placement which is essentially a year at a year-long internship for anyone that doesn't know between years two and three of university and I completed that an engineering consultancy um, one of the biggest in the UK and I was based in Birmingham and kind of when I was going through that 90,000 employees huge company and I started to realize more and more that 
sort of the whole corporate life wasn't really for me. Um, having an engineering background, as I said, I hadn't been exposed too much to business really, but I knew that after being in a company that big, sort of, it was too slow paced for me and I wanted to get experience working for a fast paced company where I could really, you know, learn that business side and apply it to sort of what I thought I wanted to do in the long term. So I found this program called Start Me Up, which essentially is an unpaid internship in Bali. Um, so, you know, I was sort of that determined to not only travel because I never had a gap year before university um, and also get business experience. So I took an unpaid internship out there. For anyone that doesn't know, Bali's got a really big um, remote working and digital nomad culture. So you get people that go over there, start up businesses and essentially live in paradise. There's some really cool places over there, Dojo and Hubert co-working spaces in Changu and Ubud. And essentially I went out there and worked for a blockchain consultancy. And I was there for about five weeks. And then I went to Thailand for two. So the whole time I was working for a startup, he was based out there. Um, really cool guy. Went to Eton College, Bristol, and then did a um, entrepreneurial master's in London at Cass Business School. So got to learn from the experiences he's had while also working live on a company. And they applied blockchain to supply chain management. So again, really different to my engineering degree. But yeah. if anyone's thinking about going going to Bali or kind of immersing themselves into that, and you know, I saved up across the whole of my placement in order to, to be able to go and do it. So I was quite quite fortunate. Um, but it really was cool. You know, you you're in paradise. You get into work. Yeah, it sounds really so. cool. I didn't know I didn't know much about this actually before I spoke to you about. But it's, it's, it seems like there's, there's a big culture of sort of, like there's a big crowd of entrepreneurs that go there and run their businesses remotely in these like co-working spaces. So yeah, like, would you, would you, would you go back there? Oh, mate, totally. It's, it's sort of, it's, it's hard to describe, but you know, when someone just says the vibe of something is, is so cool. Like you're, yeah, yeah, in, yeah. A, you're in a co-working space next to someone that trades Forex or you're with someone that's really into the cryptocurrency space or a life coach. So there's a, a real mix of people. I mean, one day I was just working in Hubert and I bumped into Willie Wu, who's a well, like quite a famous, relatively famous Bitcoin trader. And he created this thing called the 200 day rolling average, which in my opinion is one of the most proven ways to make money in the short term from Bitcoin. Um, and you just bump into someone like that. But then you might also just spring a, a conversation with someone that's just come over and wants to start their business. So there's a the real range there, and I'd 100% go back. Um, the surfing's really cool there as well. Changu Beach, just <laughs> yeah. in front of old bands. Um, Unreal. Uh, Padung Padung Beach as well. It's just a really cool break and sort of got to express that side of me as well. As yeah, exactly. It, so- it, sounds like a, it sounds like a holiday, to be honest. It sounds, it sounds like paradise. <laughs> I mean, it, it was sort of weird, you know, you, you're knocking out 12, 13, 14 hour days at work and then you're getting to go out with your friends in the sun and just do it all over again. So it's, yeah, it's a really cool experience. Yeah, definitely. And like, how did you, I know you kind of talked about it a little, a little bit just now, but how did you, how did you discover this? Because like, I had no idea this even existed. So how did you find out about the opportunity? 
I think I just saw some. They've they've got an Instagram page, Start Me Up Careers. So I think it was through there, um, and I got in contact with them just to find out a bit more. And then there was a girl from Exeter University who had been on it the year before, and I just gave her a call and asked about it. it sounded really cool. Did some research. There's a number of articles uh, about Silicon Barley, as they call it, and it just sort of it seemed like a bit of me. It was so different from what I'd I'd ever done, and I just wanted to throw myself into it i mean there's there's quite there's um escape the city um which is a website that's just got remote working jobs and things in different countries that it was also advertised on that gave me a bit more information um but it was just through instagram i believe stuff yeah loads loads of people i reckon listening would be like that sounds incredible are there actually any like downsides to working uh, you know in, in bali in these places uh i i think there's Probably two main downsides. First of all, you get people that are there almost like flexing for the Instagram. They're they're living off maybe the parents' oh, money really? and they're they're out there pretending that they're running something successful. Um which yeah. is quite frustrating because it's hard to kind of see through the mist and tell who those people are. Um I had a conversation where I approached someone and, and asked them for advice and kind of five minutes in you could tell that they were just it was yeah they were just flexing that there for the photos and then probably the second <laughs> thing is um people out there can be i don't know whether volatiles are quite the right word but you know they're sort of dreamers and that they can just go off the edge so the guy that i work for i haven't spoke to him for probably well i think a week after i left all i all i know could be dead i've seen no um no um like record of him on the internet any activity so if i ever have to ask him for a reference for uh <laughs> i don't know where he is he could be as i said he could be okay dead. so it sounds it sounds more like like you can go there have a great time you know surfing and whatever but it's kind of like a you're working on your startup part-time and it's it's more of a holiday right that's that's just how it kind of sounds yeah, I, I think that's how some people treat it. For me, it was very much a work hard, play hard. As I said, I was yeah, doing okay. probably minimum most days 12 hours. One day we did a 22-hour day to deliver something to a client. So yeah, I, was, I wasn't I was like that, but the, there were certainly people there that were. Um, you know, it, it just depends what you want to get out of it. For me, I saw the, the long-term benefits that I get from learning and working on a live business whereas other people saw the the partying and the what the were the long-term benefits so i i guess coming from an engineering background as i said i probably didn't know the harsh realities i'd read books before i went out there the lean startup by eric rice it was really cool and gave me an introduction but in terms of how when you run a business you have to do so much testing and validate your assumptions and I'd never really seen how difficult that can be in in real life because um, the company I was working more for working for was B two B. So in order to validate the assumptions and get feedback from potential customers was really difficult. Um, and especially who I was working for, you kind of having that battle between you think the business needs to go one way when actually if the co if the founder of a business wants it to go in a direction even if you think it's wrong you have to stick with it um and i guess the long-term benefits as well it just sort of helped me realize what i wanted to do so 
off the back of it, I realized that I did want to start and operate my own businesses and I founded my own while I was out there. So that was a SEO consultancy. Um, and essentially I've used my learnings from that and, and, and the books that I'd read to, to build model and test, test my business model in order to set something up. So that was good fortitude SEO. And I managed to do quite successful off that. Originally I, I went out and lived in Thailand, Chiang Mai and Bangkok for two weeks. Um, and essentially lived off the money that I made from setting that up. So that was really cool. Um, and obviously running a business at 20, 21 at the time, um, you know, being an entrepreneur at that age, almost full time was such a great experience. And you, what you sort of learn, as I said before, is the harsh reality of it. You you know, it went from a huge company where if anything went wrong, I could pass it on to someone above me or ask for help. You don't have that yeah, luxury yeah. when you're running your own business. You know, it's it's your nothing. If if you don't want to get out of bed, if you don't want to put the graft in, your business is going to fail and you're going to lose that. Investment. So you, you came back from Bali and, and Thailand. What was the kind of like next step? Like, what did you go up to after that? Because you obviously came back with a lot of, of a lot of lessons and experiences. It sounds like. So yeah, did you? How did you apply that? So I, originally, I came back a bit earlier to play rugby. So oh, okay, I was um. Rugby player at the University of Bath, and sort of my aspirations were to have one year left playing high level rugby, and then I'd finish at the end of university. But how it turned out was I broke my ankle at the beginning of September, I believe. So that essentially meant that I've played no rugby this year and just freed up more time to throw towards my business. I was still doing my business on the side, but I just sort of saw it as one last one last go at a sport that I loved. Um, but when that sort of finished, I then just threw myself full time into it uh, because I had the whole of September to, to just completely work on originally then full Studio SEO. And then when my one of my best friends, Zach, came back, who's now co-founder of Connects, we, we then came together and started working with a, another guy on what soon soon became connects in order to provide those opportunities as i said before um so that was sort of how university went and then my my uni goal is to come out with a first so that was always my priority and sort of more and more as traction for connections connects as, as gain momentum of i've started to build that up and commit more time towards that yeah it must be really tough because like we mentioned before you've got events in the uk and you've also got events in the us yeah it's it's grown quite fast in quite a short space of time so there's obviously like a demand for this right yeah and i think um sort of how me me and you first met we through founders of the uh, founders of the future the f factor we've had some really good advice along the way which i believe has helped um so for those of you that don't know the the f factor is essentially you pitch your business it was the regional final for Bristol and show how you can solve the UN sustainability goals um so that's how we didn't know each other then but that's how we first encountered each other me and Sina um Sina and myself and and then essentially feedback we didn't win off the back of that but we got some really good feedback and then also we entered a emerging entrepreneurs competition at Santa's Santander University so those are two really good experiences that we learned a lot from. So I guess that contributed to it. 
but also we've got a fantastic team. So it's there's four of us: there's Zach Chandler, Kelsey, um, uh, Prudence, and Lewis Evert. So really good team, and we're, we're all kind of. I'm a massive believer that you need to surround people that are better than you, um, and all three of they of them they're so much better than me in many ways, and yeah. sort of try and emulate what what they're achieving and the work that they're putting in so that's that's helped and that's created real synergy um yeah also i just tried to sorry carry on no it's okay um just kind of take my learning even further so i completed a set squared business acceleration workshop um which really helped me because you know lacking that technical business knowledge it sort of provided me that how to apply a business model canvas, um, how to validate your assumptions more thoroughly, um, how to sort of find the pains of your customers. Those were all things that I didn't really know too much about. Um, and off the back of that, I've been able to apply that to Connect, which I think has really helped our value proposition and sort of our long-term long, long-term goals. How did you how did you test that there was um, like a market there? So essentially, it's we, we asked a lot of friends. We we went through and we spoke to as many people as we could. Obviously, being a student, we've we're able to have direct access to peers where we would find out the problems they were having. So we just spoke to as many people as we could. Um, through rugby, I knew a lot of guys, so I could just speak to them at training and just gather that gather that research that I could then present to the team. Um, social media is obviously a brilliant thing to use that. We've reached out to people. Um, group chat is always really good. So I'll just if have anything that comes to mind, I'll drop something on there. Um, you know, you might know some some better ways to test them on than me, but those are the ways that we sort of showed the best results. To be yeah. honest, and like I'd, I'd love to talk to you about an earlier point that you made about um, surrounding yourself with good people, and it's not. It's not just something that you should utilize in like entrepreneurship, but utilizing it in kind of all aspects of life, surrounding yourself with positive people and, you know, people that are probably smarter than you are, you know, that does make you a more intelligent, more well-rounded person. And I've, that's something that I've learned within the last sort of year or so. And it's definitely, you know, reaped the benefits and I have become a more well-rounded, well-rounded person. So have you seen the same sort of effects? Yeah, I completely agree, man. Um, I mean, you know, I'm the first person to put my hand up and say that I'm I'm not talented. Um, I've always had to be the hardest <laughs> worker in the room to to get where I've got. Um, you know, yeah. I've been relatively successful at university and at school, um, but I was never talented at anything that I did. I, it was just my discipline and hard work that that got me here. So. Um, and one of the things I think that's great with university that maybe isn't so good at school is that you've got the ability to, if you don't want to be involved with someone, if you don't want them to be in your circle, you just don't have to see them again. Um, yeah. So sort of as soon as I got to uni, I just did my best to surround myself with people that I believed improved me. I, I got really lucky. So uh, when I was a fresher at the University of Bath, I had a roommate, which is quite quite unique. So... I was sleeping two meters away from another guy, um, and oh, like he's the, now like the American out. sort of American dorms. Yeah, yeah, exactly like that. And he's turned out to be one of my best friends. And I, you know, I can honestly say that going to university, meeting him, has made it worth it because you know, when you just got someone that 
you know will be a friend for life. Um, you know, co-founded Connects with me and he's going back to Bank of New York actually for his grad scheme, really successful. And I've learned so much of it, him because obviously he's does his business degree and I've sort of picked stuff up along the way, sort of as he's gone through his journey. Um, but yeah, in, in terms of having the circle, I've, I've just always tried to make sure that whoever is within that has qualities yeah. that I want. Um, what, are those, what are those qualities? One thing that I've always tried to work on is empathy because um, I've had some feedback when I was on placement that essentially I sometimes didn't show empathy to other people. Um, as I mentioned before, I've always tried to be the hardest worker and I think sometimes that can make me quite narrow-minded. Um, and don't necessarily think about how other people may feel. So that's something that I've tried to work on. I created a 90-day learning challenge, and that was actually off the back of going to Bali and the amazing people that I met out there. I realised that I wanted to have a positive impact on people because obviously I'm the average of my five closest people and they're the average of me. So I wanted to really improve my emotional intelligence and the title of that learning challenge was how to show empathy effectively so I schooled myself over 90 days in order to kind of develop that intelligence for how I was making people feel um it takes and- a lot of discipline to do stuff like that though like I know a lot of people especially that I know or I mean I guess anyone especially with something like Something is similar to like a new New Year's like resolution, isn't it? So I know a lot of people struggle with that sort of thing. So how do you stay so disciplined in stuff like that? Yeah, well, it's um, I think they say twenty one days for a habit, ninety for a lifetime. So that was sort of why it was ninety days. But in terms of the discipline aspect, that's something that I've never really lacked. Um, I think it's a really good characteristic that I've taken from my dad and was developed through doing karate discipline is one of the most important things that you that you have to have in order to succeed at that and then sort of you know doing maths at a level and then a really hard engineering degree and taking on the things that I've taken on throughout university discipline just always come naturally to me um I guess the best way that I kind of stuck to that was just a routine so I did it first thing in the morning so just set up my day and obviously if you I, I don't know about your morning routine but if you kind of stick at it and make sure you're doing the same thing every day it just sort of becomes you don't even have to think about it so sticking at it wasn't really kind of difficult um you know some I'll I'll journal in the morning and I'll get up at the same time so just fitting it in with what I was doing every day helped yeah definitely I think that's kind of where we're going to end the podcast because we're kind of yeah almost over 40 minutes so yeah really great pleasure talking to you henry it was really yeah it was really great insight into how uh your company's tackling this whole like students utilizing networking more into their favor and yeah creating the structure for them to do that is really good i think uh so yeah massive pleasure having you on no thank you man and uh you know as i said to you before i really like what you're doing with your podcast and providing exposure to young entrepreneurs i think is it's really powerful and I know in the long term it will certainly work oh, out. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Trying my best. <laughs> how can uh, how can people stay in touch with, with you or, or Connex events? Uh, just what you're up to? So in terms of me, the best way to get in contact is through LinkedIn. Just drop me a message on there. You know, I'll get back to you as soon as possible. And then 
connects events at connects.events on Instagram. And then the website is just connects.events. So you can browse through the events that we've got available on there as well as get in contact with the team. And um, you can find also Zach Prudence and Lewis on LinkedIn through my network if you want to speak to any of those as well. Cheers, see you. Have a good one, mate. Thank you for your time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Millennial Entrepreneur Podcast. If you enjoyed, please be sure to subscribe and to also leave a review. And yeah, five stars would be amazing. Share with your friends, follow us on Instagram. I'll leave the link in the description. And I'll see you in the next episode.